I would invite you, please, to turn with me to the book of 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel, it is after Ruth, and of course, before 2 Samuel, but 2 Samuel is also before Kings. And so it gives you a little bit of an idea. It's, 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 it's like a third into the Old Testament. And so you can page around there. And I really would like you um, just to take out your Bibles if you do have one. You know, some of the scriptures will be on the screen behind me. And we, again, thank you for, for the crew that we have here that's making us... Um, or just giving us the opportunities to come to you live and just appreciate these men who really help us out so well. Thank you so much, guys. First Samuel chapter 3, and I'd like to read from verses 1 to 12. Normally when we're together in the auditorium here, I have a great sense whether people have found the scripture or not. Um, but if you have found the scripture, would you just give me the thumbs up, please? Yeah, that's great. You know, I see all of you have the scripture. That's brilliant. So let's read God's word together. This one says, The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord, when the ark of God was. When the Lord called Samuel, Samuel answered, Here am I. And he ran to Eli and said, Here am I, you called me. But Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. So he went and he lay down. Again the Lord called Samuel. Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. My son Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not know the Lord yet. The word of the Lord had not been revealed to him. A third time the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here am I, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went down and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there calling as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, See, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. At that time I will carry out against Eli everything I spoke against his family from beginning to end. I want to speak with us about the subject matter, hearing God speak during troubled times. And indeed, we are living in troubled times. I 
just over the last few days, went on to the media forms that we do, and I'm just really seeing all that's happening in different places within the world. And sometimes it's good and sometimes it's bad. I think an overexposure to all that is being said can cause fear and uncertainty within our lives. But I think a certain amount of knowing what goes on will also bring us to our knees to call upon God. And that's not a bad thing. And so as I'm hearing and as I'm reading and as I'm switching it on to the television news, you know, I see that countries are divided even during this time of crisis. People are divided about their leaders. Uh, leaders are speaking out against other leaders. And clearly that if our leaders are in the places where they are at, I think the world has a certain amount of trouble. But not only that, we're in trouble because of the uncertainties that face us, because of the events that had transpired over the last few months. And I don't want to highlight the coronavirus every time when we talk, every time we speak. But I do believe that we are in troubled times. And the one thing that I have treasured most in my life since I was a young boy, when there were troubled times, was to go and to hear God speak. For me, when I hear God speak, there is definitely a sense of peace that comes to me. But we do see in the Bible that there were times when the word of God was read. And here in 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1, it says, there were not many visions, meaning that God didn't reveal himself to the people much during those days. But then we also see at different stages later on, we see that there were periods when God didn't speak as much, maybe, as during other periods. There was a period called the intertestamental period. And um, it's a Protestant term for the gap of time between the period covered by the old Hebrew period and Bible and covered by the New Testament period. Traditionally, it is considered to cover roughly around 400 years, spanning the ministry of Malachi to the appearance of John the Baptist in the first century AD, almost the same period as the second temple period, which was um, between 530 BC to 70 AD. It is known by some of the members of the Protestant community as the 400 silent years because some maintain that it was a span where God revealed nothing new to his people. So from the last book of the Old Testament to the period of John the Baptist, it seemed like that God's voice wasn't heard much and so we know that in our lives, there are similar periods that follow where we don't quite hear God speak to us very, very clearly. But I do believe that God is speaking to us clearly even during these troubled times. God is not silent. God is very much involved within our lives. And what I love about this passage in the book of Samuel is that God not only spoke to people who knew him, who knew his voice, 
who knew his son, Jesus. But God also spoke to people who didn't know him. That's very interesting, isn't it? Because we see here Samuel was in the service of Eli. But he had never heard God speak. He really didn't know God. It's very hard to know God if we don't hear his voice. And so we see here that God reached out to Samuel. And he spoke to him, but Samuel didn't recognize God's voice because he didn't know him. And my friends, if you have joined us today and you say, he's speaking about God speaking to us. I don't know God. Well, my friends, I believe that God is speaking to you today because God loves you. He paid the ultimate price for your freedom to have a relationship with you. He died the ultimate price, as we saw a few weeks ago, on the cross uh, when we celebrated Easter and he was buried for three days and then he rose again from the death, the Bible says, so that you and I can have, and the term is a beautiful term, so that we can have a living relationship with him, whereby he speaks to us and we have freedom, as in the book of Hebrews says, to come to God with confidence to receive mercy and grace in our time of need. So God loves to speak to his people. And we see here that he comes to Samuel and he speaks to him. And wisely, Eli, after the third time, said, just when God speaks to you, just say, um, Lord, speak, for your servant is listening. And it's amazing that God chose Samuel to speak through him again, also to the other people. So we see here, firstly, that Samuel didn't know him, but God spoke to him. And we see different other scenarios in Scripture. Abraham, at that stage he was called Abram. He didn't know God. But God reached out to him, and God called Abram. And Abraham heard his voice and responded to him, and later on he was called Abraham. We also see, as we skip over to the New Testament, we see that God spoke to Saul who persecuted the church, who killed Christians. God reached out to him, wrote to Emmaus, and God spoke to someone who was not a Christian. He heard God's voice and he responded to him. And so there are many examples of God speaking to people who weren't Christians. And I trust that if you do not have a faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, that you would hear him speak to you today. It's God's passion, it is God's desire, and during these troubled times, we're hearing many voices around us saying, do this, do that, go there. But the voice that we need to become familiar, familiar with, with is the voice of Jesus. John chapter 10, verse 27 says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. Isn't that wonderful? We can hear his voice, and, and it's the shepherd's voice. Over the last few weeks, I've been praying with people often. I've been praying with some who had lost their loved ones. And as I pray with them, I'm so aware that I don't want them to hear my voice. I want them to hear the voice of the great shepherd 
the voice of Jesus. You see, Jesus' touch is a definite touch. And he places his hand upon our shoulders. And when he touches us, we're never the same again. When he speaks, there is something of his peace that comes into our hearts, even over troubled times. I've, I've spoken to people who have just lost their jobs, and there's a sense of uncertainty about the future. So I pray with them. I want them to hear the voice of the great shepherd of the sheep. Because he will put his hand on their shoulders. He will speak to them, and peace will come into their hearts. I spoke to some people who are around my age, 29 years old. Well, no, I'm just a little bit older than that. Um, 55 years old, turning 56 in a month's time. And my generation are under such pressure because if we lose our jobs, it's very, very hard for people to employ us over this time, but even after this time. And I'm finding that there are fear within our hearts about the future, my friends. When we pray for them, we want them to hear the voice of our God. You see, it's, it's, it's a tender voice, but it's an authoritative voice. When Jesus speaks, he speaks with authority. And when he speaks, all principalities and powers note what he says. His voice is a voice that you can be trusted. His voice is a voice that you can invite into your life. My friends, I'm very careful who I allow to speak into my life. I want trusted voices to speak into my life. Jesus' voice is a trusted voice. Eli had come to know that and realize that, that he can entrust Samuel to the voice of his God. And so, my friends, it is important that we hear God speak during troubled times. I, during this past week, was praying and asking God to lead and guide me as we make decisions for the church, as we pray with people as we make decisions about our futures. And so from time to time, I just want God to speak to me. And, and particularly decisions that we need to make over this time because these are troubled times. And as I was praying, it was so clear, and I was praying with a friend. And as we were praying, I heard God speak to me. Now people say, you shouldn't tell people that God speaks to you. Why not? Because I'm proud that God speaks. Aren't you? If God speaks to me, I want you to have God speak to you. This is something so exciting when God speaks. And so I want you to know that, that God spoke to me this past week. You know, and as we were praying and as I went for a walk, just, you know, I really felt that God said this, no, let me just drop the word felt. You know, it seems so uncertain. No, God spoke to me. And these were the words that he said to me during these troubled times. Don't shrink Back. And those were the exact words that I'd heard. Don't shrink back. And then I remembered that in the book of Hebrews, that phrase is repeated. And to be honest with you, I don't think I've read that phrase in a very, very long time. And didn't take notice of it, but I heard God say, don't shrink back during troubled times. 
and probably next week I'll speak into the subject, which is don't shrink back in smallness or don't shrink back into conservatism, don't shrink back into the familiar, don't shrink back onto your default setting, but step into God's prepared future. And that's found in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38, which says, don't shrink back. You know, and um, it is quite amazing when, when I started to look for the scripture, I wasn't quite sure where in Hebrews it was, but then in verse 38, it says this, My righteous one will live by faith. I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. And I use that as an illustration, God speaking to me today, but how do I know that it was God who spoke to me? I'm so glad that you asked that question. Because that's the question that I ask, is it maybe some of Jenny's delicious meal the previous night that started to visit me during the day, and now I was actually just hearing voices? Was it just my own predetermined thoughts? Or was it actually God that spoke to me? F.B. Meyer, one of the authors that I've read after for many, many years, one of my favorite authors when I was at Bible College, and he once told the story of crossing the Irish Channel one starless night. There wasn't the sophisticated technology for navigation that we have today. And he went up on deck to ask the captain how he knew how to get into the harbor on such a dark and a stormy night. Truly troubled times. The captain replied, do you see those three lights and those three stars? They all must line up together as one. When we see them unite, we have the position of the harbor's mouth. Maya concluded, when we want to know that God is speaking, there are three things that always must coincide. That inward voice within our heart, the word of God, and circumstances. They all must be like those three green lights before you enter the harbor. Now he says those three lights, they normally stand like this and when you go into the harbor as you approach though, and you get into the right position, those three lights just come into unity. And he talked about the stars and that was interesting on that starless night when those three lights came into unity with the three stars. He knew that he had the position safely. He could navigate himself into the harbor and the people on the ship would be safe. My friends, when I hear God speak to me, I'm looking for those three lights to come into unity. The first light that is incredibly important for us to look at is the green light 
of Scripture. Some call it the Bible, and others the living Word of God. The Bible is God's objective means of speaking to us. Objective means that it is something that cannot be manipulated. It's not something that comes from me. It is something that has been established. And that's why God's Word is foundational within our lives, but also foundational in hearing God's voice. God speaks through the Bible to us, the Scriptures, but also He confirms His Word through Scriptures. And I always like to, when I hear something, when I read something, and if something is fresh or new to me, I always look at the Bible and I want the Bible to repeat that thing somewhere else, and then I feel happy. Because there are one-off occurrences in the Word of God. And, and, and although it's Scripture, I look for something to even confirm that in Scripture. Because Scripture and the Bible is foundational in making sure that we're hearing correctly what God is saying to us. Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 to 4 says, says, in the past God spoke to us, spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom also he made the universe. The sun is the radiance of God's glory, the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. And he had provided purification for sins. He sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. So he became as much superior to the angels as the name he inherited is superior to theirs. Jesus, when we open up the Bible and we start to live in the Bible and the Bible starts to become our world, our oyster, Jesus starts to speak to us through the word that the Holy Spirit read to us. You see, Psalm 119 verses 105 says, Your word is a lamp for my feet. It's also a light to my paths. My friends, in these troubled times, you need an objective voice that has been settled Forever in a day. Second Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17 gives us confidence about the scripture. Paul says to Timothy, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, that means what we believe, for reproof, for us to look at things again, for correction when we go the wrong way, the Bible can bring us onto the right way, for instruction in righteousness, the way we should walk during these troubled times, that the person of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. I want to share a four-minute video to you, with you uh, that inspired me this morning, a friend uh, sent it to me this morning, and I asked our team if we could play it. And I want you to notice the emphasis being on the Word of God. Not anything else, but on the Word of God. And so if you could check that for me, please. 
There was a great revival in the Hebrides in the early 1900s. Began to move, moved up to the pleading for it into the 40s. Maybe we could say it topped out in the early 50s. Two old women, one was 84 years old and one was 82 years old. One was blind and one was humped over so badly with spinal stenosis, just, just arched over. But they had passion for revival. They wanted God to work. This, this is what happened. They couldn't even get out to the church to pray. They couldn't even get out to the church to worship. Their house became a place to meet. People came in. They got so passionate about revival coming to the, their isle, the Isle of Lewis. They got so passionate about it. They confronted the preacher and wanted to know if he was thoroughly right with God. <laughs> and they prayed and prayed and prayed. And they'd seen the Lord, they said, with the church filled up and God blessing a great overflow. And the fire of God struck that tiny little obscure place off the coast of Scotland. And when it happened, there was a young teenage boy that got saved in it. His name was Donald. And the preacher became so dependent upon Donald and so close to Donald, he would ask him to lead in public prayers and help him with the meetings, and he did. Oh, how God worked. People began to hear about it, and the revival fire spread. It spread. And God blessed in a, in a great way. Those two old women, the people, kind of people, people don't want in their church anymore. And from that same island, there was a, a young girl who was a cousin to Donald Smith, who immigrated to America. Her name was Marianne Smith McLeod. She came to America and in 1936. She met a man named Fred, and they were married. They fell in love. They were married. God blessed in a great way. And those old women were her aunts, and they came out of that fiery revival, that fiery revival. They really experienced revival. And they sent a Bible, a copy of the Word of God that had been used in a special way in that revival to Marianne. She started having children. I think it was 1937, she had her first child. They named him after his father, Fred. Then she had her second child, named after herself, Marianne. Then she had her third child, Elizabeth. Then she had her fourth child. And she was so impacted by this teenage boy God had used in that revival of the Hebrides. She named him Donald. And she gave him that Bible, that Hebrides Revival Bible. He was born in 1946. He's now the 45th president of the United States. And that revival Bible is in the Oval Office. I'm saying to you, I don't know how, why, I don't know how it all comes together. 
but I, but I believe God is putting some things together to give us just a window, just a window. If he, if he could find some open people who know what the wind is for, can this be the time the wind is open? Providentially, God has prepared the moment and we will become the people of prayer, pleading with God. This is a plea. Will thou not revive us again? Will you, will you, will you be a part of that? Will you? That stirs my heart because you could see the primacy of the Word of God carried from generation to generation. And that Bible that was used during this revival being passed on to President Trump, which is now in the Oval Office, tells us that the Word of God is foundational in us hearing from God. I'm going to close and I'm just going to mention the next two points and we could pick it up next week as we talk more about hearing God during troubled times. But I think this is enough for us to really ponder around and to eat from and to ask God just to place us in that place where we hear him speak to us. And whatever he's saying to you, my friends, take it to Jesus in the world of the word of God. For me, it is not just a book that you read, but this book has been inspired by the Holy Spirit. It's been carried through from generation to generation to us. And when I read it, I look for Jesus in these scriptures. Read it since I was about, oh, I think five years old when my mother start, started to read it to us, maybe even earlier. And up to today, I think I am more in love with the Jesus of the scriptures because he truly speaks. When he speaks, he draws something out of my life to him and something just comes alive within me and keeps me during the troubled times that we're in. So we see that the Scriptures is God's objective means of speaking to us. It is foundational to all that we hear. And anything that we hear that is contrary or in opposition to the Word of God is in God's voice. And my friends, we need to live in the Scriptures to hear him speak so clearly to us. The second light that needs to light up, line up with us and be in unity is what I call the Holy Spirit speaking to our hearts. It is God's subjective means of speaking to us and it's relational, but we'll look at that probably next week. And then the third light that just needs to realign itself is the light which I 
call circumstances, or I call it the peace of God that rules within our lives. I call it God's practical way of speaking to us. Aren't you glad about that? Some of us are a little bit more practical, and so God just put that in there to speak to us practical people. And God has an amazing way, and I'll share some stories with you next week how God practically led us to Switzerland and the reason why we are here. But it is God's practical way of speaking to us. It is about God trusting us to hear his voice. And it's a whole relational area that we're going to look at next week in hearing God during troubled times. Why don't you open up your heart to the God of the scriptures. Never found this book to be legalistic. I have found the Bible to be a book of liberty. Freedom for all of us and a book that causes me to fall more in love with Jesus. And so whatever you're hearing, whatever decisions you want to make, line it up with the scriptures. Hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to your hearts and then look at the circumstances that you find yourself in. And next week we'll talk about how these three interact with one another. But most importantly, friends, God loves to speak to us. God wants to speak to you. Every time he speaks, it is a letter that he writes to us in a spiritual way. He will speak to people who know him and he will speak to people who don't know him because he loves those who know him, but he also loves those who do not know him. The Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever should believe in him should not die in their sins, but should have eternal life, live forever. The Bible teaches us that. And as God speaks to you, God wants to draw you to himself. He wants to make you new. And the God of this Bible, through Jesus Christ, our wonderful God, to make us new. Why don't you this morning just pause for a moment as I pray. And why don't you see or hear if you can hear God speak to you. I believe he is going to do that as I pray now. Would you join with me in prayer? You know it's his voice <laughs> because his word has been preached to you. You've been in the word today. When you're in the word, he speaks whether you know him already or whether you don't. Just let him speak to you. And, and let's pray together now. Father, how marvelous you are. How incredible you are. There truly is none like you. Thank you for speaking to us. Thank you for making yourself known to us through your word today. Thank you 
that you spoke to a little boy who never heard you. And thank you that you've spoken to grown-up men and women who never knew you. And thank you that you speak to us who love you. Would you draw people to yourself today? And would people find courage in these troubled times? Because they know that you send a letter of love to them as you speak to them. You send them a letter of courage to push through the troubled times and you send us a letter of security to say, even though the circumstances are not good, I have secured you within my hand and your eternal destiny is secure because Jesus paid the highest price for you. Father, may we receive that today. In Jesus' name. Now, my friend, if you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, I just believe that today is a moment that God is just looking to you and that he's reaching out to you. And I would like to lead you in a prayer. If you've never surrendered yourself to Jesus and you've never opened your heart to him. And the prayer is on the screen at the back there. And we're going to pray this prayer with you now. Pray it with your lips. Believe it within your heart. Something like this. Dear God, I know that I'm a sinner and that there is nothing that I can do to save myself. I confess my complete helplessness to forgive my own sin or to work my way to heaven. At this moment, I trust Jesus Christ alone as the one who bore my sins when he died on the cross. And I ask you to forgive my sins. And I believe, as the Bible says, that you rose up from the dead on the third day so that I can have a living relationship with you and inherit eternal life through Jesus Christ, my Lord. Amen. Let us know if you prayed that prayer. Let a friend know, and we would love to help you in any possible way. God bless you, and we'll see you on Tuesday night, some of you, and on Sunday, we hope for you to join with us again. We do want to remind the people of Lyft to you know, bring their offerings before God. We believe, as the Word of God says, that uh, God has called us to bring a tenth of our income to him. And we believe the Bible says that we need to bring it into the storehouse, which is the church. And if you're from another church and you're listening to us today, would you be faithful with that tithe and would you send it to your church that you're a part of and you encourage them so that we, during this time, can be generous with our finance so that the word of God can reach many people and so that the needs within the current church can also be met. Father, as people give to you, we ask that you would bless this part of our worship in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.